you are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. Bachelor in Paradise starts tonight. Uh, we've got some fun facts coming on some of the Bachelor contestants that are going to be on Zach's season as The Bachelor started filming last night at the mansion from everything I was told. Also, uh, like I said, I'm going to talk a little Bachelor in Paradise. And also, I gave a little more thought to the Big Brother stuff, and I have some uh, thoughts on Taylor dominating that finale. Also, the other thing is I wanted to end it with a little sports take today in regards to the NFL. But, of course, we will get to that momentarily. This podcast brought to you by Dame Products. Try adding a toy into the mix. And discover new layers of pleasure you can share, plus sex that you will look forward to. Go to dameproducts.com and type in promo code REALITYSTEVE to take 15% off your first order. That's dameproducts.com, promo code REALITYSTEVE that takes 15% off your first order. Now, let's get going. Um, Some few things to get to. Nothing really came about, obviously. As I'm recording this, they're still filming the first night of Zach's Bachelor season. And obviously, as the season goes on, I say this every season, we just never know. We just never know what's going to get out publicly. We do know two group dates are coming up where they are asking fans to attend. So clearly those will get spoiled. And they are on September 30th, which is Friday, and then Monday, October 3rd. But um, other than that, you know, once travel starts, I don't know where they're headed yet this season. But once travel starts, it's just a flip of the coin. We just never know. Last season, literally nothing got out, and then I had seven of the eight hometown dates. Or excuse me, uh, all seven hometown dates got spoiled. Three got spoiled publicly, um, or four got spoiled publicly. I spoiled three, and then one of them I spoiled that uh, the no pictures got out. But uh, six of the seven had photos get out of them. And, you know, it's just every season is a different season, and it's tough to break down exactly what's going to happen and when and how much I'm going to know when I know it. But um, I'm sure I'll have some stuff for this season. And eventually you're going to get your spoilers like you do every season. But yeah, last night was opening night at the mansion uh, from everything that uh, I was told that was set to go last night. Um, Tonight, obviously, is the... Well, before we get to um, Bachelor in Paradise, um, I will say today, go to my column. It's going to be up in a couple hours, realitysteve.com. I just have some notes from the women that I found out since the women released on the Bachelor Facebook page on Friday. You have all their Instagram accounts and their first and last names outside of Rebecca. And obviously, as these women are coming out, there is more information that I hear. And none of it is negative. It is all just interesting tidbits about these women. You know, I already told you when I announced the first two last week, which was Davia and Kat, that they knew each other uh, from Miss South Carolina pageant. Well, (laughs) coming up in a couple hours, you'll see not only do we have two other women in the house that know each other, they know each other better than I, gosh, I can't remember any two people that knew each other better going into the house than these two women. I'll tell you who they are and what their um, background is. Plus some other just tidbits uh, about the women that maybe you don't know. Uh, probably a lot of you don't know. And uh, the just information I found out since Friday. So look for that in a couple of hours. Bachelor in Paradise kicks off tonight. <laughs> the spoilers for Bachelor in Paradise lasted, you know, over a while. 
and I was spoiling it in real time this past summer. So obviously there's a lot from two months ago. And if you ask me off the top of my head, like I remember the ending stuff, but other than that, like there were 44 people that show up in paradise this season, like to get every single detail was damn near impossible, but I pretty much had a lot of this stuff and pretty much all the rose ceremonies, who gave roses to who, who hooked up with who the Casa Amor twist. I spoiled as it was happening. All that stuff is on my website. If you go to it, but it's in different parts. If you just go to whether you're on mobile or desktop, just go to spoilers at the top of the page and a drop down list of bachelor in paradise season eight, you'll see on there and it'll say the spoilers for it. And you just have to piece it together. Maybe at some point during this season, probably maybe later on this week, I just didn't have the time last night that uh, I'll just put it all together and, and, and if I can just put it in one post, but honestly I would, I'd have to go read my own stuff because outside of the ending and couples and stuff, like I kind of forgot what happened in terms of who hooked up with who, who gave roses to who, like off the top of my head, I don't even remember. So you've got that going into tonight's episode, but you know, there at the end, there were basically, and I'm doing this off the top of my head. I probably should have written this down, but there were six couples that had a finality to them at the end. Um, Two of them that got engaged were Brandon and Serene. Brandon from Michelle's season, Serene from Col- uh, Clayton's season. God, I always say Colton. Um, and uh, who was the other couple that got engaged? Oh, uh, Johnny and Victoria Fuller. Two couples left together, Daniel Aleo, uh, Michael Aleo, and Danielle Maltby. And the other one was Tyler and uh, Brittany Galvin. I can say right now, Tyler and Brittany have already broken up, so they are no longer together. Um, you look at Tyler's social media over the last month or so, you could probably tell he was a single guy. And then uh, two couples that broke up at the end, Logan broke up with Kate Gallivan, who was on Clayton's season. And who was the sixth couple that broke up? Oh, uh, Aaron, Clancy, and Genevieve. So those were your endings. Tyler and Brittany Galvin have already broken up. And I'm hearing some other things, but I want to get it confirmed. So Bachelor in Paradise starts tonight. How about that? Um, I do want to say this. Um, I mean, we talked about Vanessa Esparson from the upcoming season who was announced as possible cast member on Friday. I told you on Sunday in a tweet that she did get cut. And let's face it, it had to do with her Facebook post from 2016. Well, she did come out yesterday, as I talked about in my daily roundup yesterday. I thought she should just, you know, come out with a Twitter post put it out there and that's it because she's never going to be seen. She's not part of bachelor nation. She's not going to be in the cast list when it's released on abc.com in December. So she's not going to have a bio. We're not going to see her on any episode. She's not going to make it. And people are still going to have her on the brain. Like this is what she should have done. Put it on Twitter, make an apology. And if you missed it, this is what she said. She said, I want to come on and address what I said in 2016. It was horrible, insensitive and disgusting. My intent was never to trigger, hurt victims or anyone with my words or to victim blame, and I understand that's what I did. To say my choice of words were dumb means nothing considering the outcome. I take full responsibility and accountability for what I said. I apologize to everyone who was affected by my words. The 18, 19-year-old I was in 2016 is not a reflection of the person I have grown to be today. I feel terrible and ashamed for saying it. 
My perspectives have grown and changed so much with the experiences living adult life provides. It is not who I am now and will never be who I am in the future. My heart goes out to everyone I hurt. I am truly sorry for the pain I caused from the bottom of my heart. That's from her Twitter account yesterday, V underscore Esparsen, E-S-P-A-R-S-E-N. You go see it for yourself. But as we said, this is what she needed to do. And I think that's a, a fine statement. Obviously, I don't know anything about Vanessa. She could just be putting words out there. I really hope that she believes this. I really hope that she understands what she said was wrong. And she has changed since then. And she doesn't hold those beliefs uh, to victim blame somebody and talk about how much they drank when a rape occurred. Like, cause that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter how much she drank. So what she wrote as we went over Friday, went over yesterday, like you already know my thoughts on that, but I'm glad she came out and apologized. It was a positive thing to do. And, you know, let's see. Let's see what happens from here. But this is not somebody that, I mean, I'm not going to follow on Instagram. She has nothing to do with Bachelor Nation anymore. I'm not going to follow her on Instagram. I'm not going to follow her on Twitter. Um, I don't think many people will because she's no not part of the show. Like, it's pretty much a done deal at this point unless something comes out and she does something or says something again in the future. But I don't think the fan base is really going to follow her I because they follow the people on the show. And she's not on the show. So I'm glad she did. I, For Vanessa's sake, I really hope she believes what she said. I really hope that she has changed and doesn't have that mindset anymore about the rape culture. And hopefully going forward, she's been a better person since 2016. And, and she will continue uh, to understand how hurtful those words were to anybody who knew somebody who's been sexually assaulted or were sexually assaulted themselves. So I also want to talk a little bit about Paradise in general with it starting tonight. And I think one thing you got to take into consideration and look, I know a lot of you were beaten down by the Rachel and Gabby season and Oh my gosh, we got two leads and Oh my God, Rachel, this and Oh my God, Gabby, that and Oh my God, Eric, this and Oh my God, Tino that. And you're just like, Oh, I can't wait for paradise to roll around summer show, a lot more fun. And while it is a lot more fun and it doesn't take itself nearly as seriously as the bachelor of the bachelorette, I'm telling you, I think I said it last week. I think I said it two weeks ago. I'm telling you, I know you want to tune in for a fun summer show, but this show focuses on drama just as much as Bachelor and Bachelorette do. And do you realize while tonight is a two hour premiere, you realize it's going to air Monday and Tuesday for two hours each night for the next probably five, six weeks. You're going to get four hours of paradise every week. For the next five to six weeks, I guarantee you everyone that is so excited about Paradise will be tired of it by about week three. Because while you'll all be excited that Brandon and Serene get engaged at the end of this thing, you really think they're going to focus on that? You really think they're going to focus on a love story when 44 different people show up on Paradise at some point this summer? There is so much drama and there is so much that goes on. They are going to focus on all of that, all of the petty stuff, all of the fights, who doesn't like who, who's kissing somebody else when they just went on a date with someone else. Like, I already know it's coming. It happens every season. I always hear it during Bachelorette season. Can't wait for Paradise to start. And then Paradise is about halfway through, and they're like, God, do they always have to focus on the drama? Yes, they always do. That's what this show is. That's what this franchise is. Do you honestly think that it would be compelling TV if you sat there and watched Paradise and every single person got along and everybody was like daffodils and rainbows? This is the greatest, you know, summer camp we've ever been to. 
good God, that'd be the most boring television I've ever seen in my life. That's not what this show is. It never was, and it never will be. You got to understand that. So it is comical. It is very comical because I know it's coming. I absolutely know it's coming. You don't see it now, and I know you're excited for tonight, but you just wait. Four hours. You only get two hours of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette every week. You're going to get four hours of this for the next five to six weeks. Monday and Tuesday nights, two hours. Check your local listings. You are going to absolutely want to punch yourself in the face a hundred times by about week three. Because you thought The Bachelor and Bachelorette had drama. So does this. You've seen it for seven seasons. I don't know why people seem to forget. The people that are so excited are going to be the same people that are like, okay, already, we get it. (laughs) Just, oh, I love being right when it comes to this stuff. I want to move on to Big Brother because while I did speak about it yesterday and I told you I was totally fine with Taylor winning, I actually put a little more thought into this. And not only am I fine with Taylor winning, I absolutely, I watched her fin- her finale speech again last night and one of the best finale performances ever. And I think the reason, now if anybody's listened to me on this podcast, either when I've talked to Stephen Fishback, when we've talked Survivor, when I've talked to Dalton Ross, and then even a couple weeks ago when I talked to Taryn on the podcast, you kind of have, if you've ever really paid attention you kind of get my sense in terms of if I was ever on one of these shows, which I would never be, but where I lean towards when I vote. And I like resumes. I've always liked resumes. And Monty's resume was better than Turner's and Taylor's. It was probably better than both of theirs combined, to be honest with you. But hearing Taylor's final speech and hearing what she even said post-show, which was, you know, in the interview she did yesterday, pretty much a shortened version of what she said in her speech, but she said something that really resonated with me. She said, there's so much about this game that is validated through competition wins. It's validated through how you take the power and use it. And I had opportunities a few times, but both my HOHs were usurped by guys who won vetoes. So going into this jury, I thought they're going to feel like I'm just trying to guilt them into giving me a vote. And because of my relationships with the women in the house, I really felt they would lean toward more towards straight at the numbers and being convinced that the only way to win this game is through a resume. And it was between Turner and Monty at that point. And she said, all I could do was go into the finale was just speak from the heart and be honest about my experience here. If it resonated, it resonated. If it didn't, that I had an honest shot, but I'm thankful Monty for giving me that shot because I couldn't do it on my own. I just felt like I was never going to be seen as a real big brother player. And so I did everything that I could to be really respectful of the franchise and take everything I could take. But to know it was so well received, that blows my mind. I never, ever, ever would have expected that at all. And honestly, not that I'm saying I'm not a resume guy anymore, but honestly, her speech last night and hearing her speak post-show, it's changed my mind. I'm not so narrow-minded to where I only think one way now. Some seasons, I'll say, wow, that resume was killer. They should have won. But Taylor really did a number on me and changed the way I probably should be looking at this show. It doesn't necessarily have to be about your resume. I think that was an excellent job that she did in her finale speech 
basically saying, I want to be the winner for the season. Like, look at the overall theme of this season. And if you crown me as the winner, look at what it will be representing is basically what she went after. A season of perseverance, season who of somebody who came back an underdog story. And yeah, Monty had a better resume, but if Monty wins, it's like, okay, great. You know, it's like she packed such a punch to name her the winner versus Monty being the winner. And hey, no disrespect to Monty. He played a great game. He didn't piss anybody off. Everybody seemed to like him. He had the resume built. But naming Taylor the winner meant something. And I don't think naming Monty the winner would have really meant anything. And it seems to be proven out by the fact that not only did Taylor win the vinyl vote 8-1, to one, she won AFP, which has never happened in 24 seasons. Nobody's ever won the show and won AFP. So... I'm here to say that I was wrong, and I'm going to look at these a little bit differently. Even Survivor. Basically, any of these games where the object is to vote people out who then ultimately decide your fate. And I've always been a resume guy. Always. Colby and Tina. Perfect example. Colby had a much better resume than Tina in Season 2 of Survivor. But naming her the winner, I was like, yeah, I can see it. You know? And Survivor, it could come down to people. It all depends on your jury for your season. Some jury members are straight resume. Like, if you dominated, you didn't piss anybody off, you're going to win. But sometimes you just vote for, wow, you know what? This person, while they didn't have the resume as the other person, they would make a great winner. And I think that's what you have to take in mind. Not that Monty wouldn't have made a great winner. I think he just would have made a boring winner. And sometimes when you know you're on the show, you know you're on a TV show and you want to have like some sort of impact and be remembered for something, I really think this season will be remembered because of how this finale jury voted. Because if they would have voted for Monty, I just think it would have been like, okay, you know, congratulations, golf clap. But Taylor winning, she totally won me over. Good for her. I'd love to get her on the podcast someday. I don't think CBS is too keen with me, even though I've never spoiled one of their shows and survivors literally my favorite reality show of all time i i don't know i don't know how i go about getting big brother people on i tried a couple years ago and nothing happened so you know we'll see the only i think the only big brother contestants i've ever had on were cat and tommy and i only had tommy on because cat and tommy were friends so um would love to have taylor on i i think she killed it so hopefully Hopefully I can uh, in the future. And um, one final thing that I wanted to uh, mention in in sports was that, um, remember how yesterday I talked about, you know, close games or whatever? I I was specifically talking about the Buffalo Bills. They're 0-6 in the last six games they've played that were one-score games. Like I said, they're great front runners. When they're beating you by 10 and 14 and 21, they look like world beaters. But you get them in a close game, they're definitely beatable, as evidenced by an 0-6 record in their last six games that were decided by one score. Did you know through the first three weeks of the season, there have been 18 games in the NFL decided by three points or fewer? That's the most ever in the history of the NFL through the first three weeks. Man, NFL is king. So many good games, so many games that are just 
I could really talk to you about the gambling numbers that I've come across for the first three weeks, but I'd probably bore a lot of you. But there are some really good gambling numbers in terms of how people seem to perceive the spreads on NFL games. And you see like, oh, this team's favored by four and a half or five and a half or they're favored by seven or they're favored by three. And honestly, at least over the last couple seasons, how little the line has meant in football games when just picking. You'd be you'd be blown away. But anyway, maybe some, maybe we'll get to that uh, another day. But anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. We're back tomorrow with another daily roundup. Enjoy the premiere of Bachelor in Paradise tonight because this might be the last episode you'll even like because you're going to get tired of it with four hours of it a week for the next month and a half or so. So anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.